That's how you get out. I schizzed all over the place. I'm out. <laughs> We're doing this. I apologize. Listeners, don't adjust your dial. Uh, I sound a couple octaves lower than usual because I'm sick. Uh, and I'm Anne McNamee Keels. And I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Laps, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today we're talking about the Catholic Church and women's bodily autonomy, to put it neatly. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Correct. Okay. Well, <sighs> I just yeah. like roll my shoulders just saying that out loud. Okay. Before we get there, let's just ease on in with some Catholicism <laughs> in the news. <laughs> yeah. I do actually have some lighter. Oh, good. Because the only. <laughs> good. Please bring it. Let's start with something light yeah. before we dive in. So, Father Jim Martin, who oh, I fave. have talked about before. Yeah. I mean, I have mixed feelings about him. In the end, he is still very Catholic. I still no. think he's still very pro life or, I mean, anti choice. Uh, but, <sighs> but he has really been making great strides in terms of supporting LGBTQ Catholics and pushing for the church to be a more supportive place for LGBTQ folks. Okay. And he has, after this, there's kind of been a lot of buildup to this, but he and those, those crazy kids, the Jesuits, who we love to talk about, uh, do love them. They have finally launched this new website. It is at, I didn't even know you could make a website like this. It is outreach, (laughs) outreach.faith. I feel like this is our like pull to get sponsored by Squarespace, like every other podcast. Okay. How can you make Uh, a web? Faith. So it's outreach.faith and it is a an LGBTQ Catholic resource. Wow. Here, I'll send you the link. Please. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's within the context of the Catholic Church being really problematic about so many of these things. But for Catholics who are wanting to stay in the church and identify as LGBTQ, I think it's a great step. Okay. Wow. I know. Do you want to ex- describe what you see? Yeah. Well, it's got some beautiful graphic uh, rainbow colored pigments on it, which I'm Hats enjoying. off to the graphic designer. It's yeah. a lovely website. Done, done, done. But the first, um, so you're scrolling and there's just a few really cool headlines that are grabbing my attention. One is called In Fear and Trembling. What does Jesus's ministry have to say about LGBTQ people, which I like because it's not about what people are saying but maybe more about what the actual religion we claim to be following says Mm -hmm. and then just uh people who are indeed in love with god and experiencing the welcome embrace of jesus who has entered their lives so yeah i think for the for exactly what you were saying like for people who identify as lgbtq plus and want to continue being involved in the catholic church this looks great and i don't know there's sometimes where i wish i just had like a quick place to go to to like send maybe a family member mm-hmm. um who, who's saying i'm like well maybe just take a look at something like this. this is what they were really saying like this might be a really good resource for conversations and facilitating dialogue so 
Yeah, you know, they link to a bunch of articles here. So the the top, it's a, there's a video of Father Jim Martin and the, the headline says, Welcome, God Loves You. Yeah. And got a bunch of articles linked here. They've got even some articles in Spanish. And um, they have a resource that they call Godet, which means something. Just looking that up. Rejoice. Latin. Latin for rejoice. Isn't that part of Advent or something? Probably. The Godet. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, never mind. <laughs> It is the third Sunday of Advent. I nailed it. Oh my I'm gosh. so good at being a Jeff, Catholic. Your CCD <laughs> teachers are so, deserve a pat on the back I somewhere. Okay. So yeah, it's celebrating welcoming parishes, schools, communities, and people. So I don't know. This is just something that you see with other denominations. But up till now, there hasn't been much of this idea of a LGBTQ affirming, welcoming Catholic church and what that looks like when the actual doctrine is anti-LGBTQ, but we do see that in so many other spaces. I mean, we saw that in the U.S. before gay marriage was even legal. So I guess this is how change happens often, I think, is these kinds of movements. And it's been underground. And now this is pretty out there and in your face. It's uh, it's America Magazine is involved and the Jesuit. Do enjoy the America Magazine as far as Catholic publications go? As far as they go, it's it's one of the better ones. And Mm -hmm. the Pope has um, said positive things about father jim and his ministry before so this feels like for for folks who are wanting this progress in the church and for whom this is meaningful here you go this is a good step great yeah check it out a little a little sunshine Mm -hmm. send it to your relatives (laughs) here (laughs) don't argue with me read this read this thing by a priest <laughs> yes there you go okay steph what do you have in Catholicism oh in the i news? don't even know if i want to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> not um, like we have a, a lack of depressing things to talk about today, okay or... i don't like saying her name <laughs> don't even like talking about her have you heard about the the it's like this is what I feel like it must have been like if you were in the wizarding world and have to say Voldemort Ugh. okay Marjorie Taylor Green. oh yeah oh yeah 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 she said oh, that I what so dirty. she said that Satan is overseeing the Catholic Church or something the Catholic Church just under the I forgot about that. oh it's wild so yeah because the Catholic Church has this website and all kinds of stuff okay because of their support of migrants it's mostly to do with migrants First of all, there is a Catholic entity called the Church Militant. So, like, no, absolutely not. There is nothing about Jesus' ministry that leads you to be militant. There's just, like, that is not a thing. Mm-mm. You cannot. Okay, moving on. Basically, she's mad at Catholic charities for being too liberal. For helping people regardless of their where they come from. Satan is controlling the Catholic Church. And when they're like, you're crazy, like church militant calling her crazy. It's just like all these levels of insanity. She calls herself a cradle Catholic. And I just. Oh, I didn't know that she'd grown up Catholic. So like, I don't want my Venn diagram to overlap with hers at all. <laughs> like, I don't like that. She's also uh, identifies as a woman. Like, I don't like that. She's a lapsed Catholic. I don't want to have anything in common with her, but uh, here we are. I'm with you. So she then backs up her statements by using the church's history of sexual abuse. That's why she's not a Catholic anymore, but that was not where she started. That was not the reason she has issues with this well isn't this such a republican thing too is it's like the save the children thing where they're like sort of justifying their hatred by being like but what about sexual abuse it's like yes we all 
we all care about sexual like we all care about ending sexual abuse right but i was like um there are colleagues you have that have are pedophiles and you don't care about them so right exactly understand what you're talking about really and then the church militant blasts back and say the sexual abuse is only a gay thing that's like the opposite of that though so that was happening in catholic news <laughs> like of course no one in like actual catholic real establishments that are not fringe are even really engaging with this no but i didn't realize she had things to do with catholicism until this came up and yeah i know listen i'm not into the bible in the way that a lot of these people are but like if you are into the bible and particularly into the jesus stuff like show me the part where you're not supposed to help migrants because it pretty much says the opposite over and over Very (laughs) pro-migrant in the old testament in the new testament there's like welcome the stranger for you you were once strangers there's like jesus was born to people living in an occupied territory literally while they were like on the move and then they had to be migrants they like people are crossing the border because they're afraid their children will be killed like jesus's parents had to cross a border because they were afraid he was gonna be killed to save his life the parallel couldn't be more obvious it's pretty blatant usually when people are like the bible is clear it's like the bible is not clear like the bible's clear as mud it's just like a collection of stories and poems that contradict each other and it's yeah but in this i would say the bible is in fact real clear it's like very 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 clear yeah there's not a more clear parallel that i can even think of yep i I understand she's not functioning as like a rational human like i understand she's not a rational human (laughs) being like she's a i don't know if she's ill i'm not sure what's happening with her but she doesn't function in this realm of reality but yikes i know that's why i was like i don't even know if i bring this up yeah there's a lot of messed up catholic stuff in political news right now i am very tempted my family is very into like having masses said for our family members who have died. Oh yeah. That's something we haven't talked about, but that's totally a thing. You have a mass said for somebody. Yeah. So there was one for my grandma and there was one for my grandpa recently. And now today there's one for my grandma and my grandpa or tomorrow there is. Oh wow. So everyone's going and I'm like, kind of tempted to go because of this moment in history. I'm like, what are you going to say? But I'm like, do I do that to myself? I don't know if I can handle it. I want you to be the very pregnant lady standing up in the middle of the mass, like railing against the priest for his anti-abortion stance. That's what I need from you right now. Well, it could happen. So stay tuned. (laughs) We'll see. What are they going to do? Tackle you to the ground? I was like, tell me about any of these things happening in the news. Unless you bring up Father Jim Martin, I'm out. Right? That's the the only only thing I I hear about right now. Yeah. Uh, So... I guess we can get into it. Get into it. So I feel like just because podcasts don't necessarily exist in a specific time or Mm -hmm. place, I feel like we should just say this is the beginning of May 2022 for anyone who's listening to this at another time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Supreme Court as we, I mean, most people who know who are listening to this at this moment, let's say you're not listening, you're listening to it in 10 years. And for some reason, this doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) I don't know. um, Because everything changed. But at this moment, uh, to put it in context, there was a leaked document from the Supreme Court letting us all know that they are planning on overturning Roe v. Wade in America, in case you're listening elsewhere. But I can't imagine, unfortunately, that this wouldn't make the news in other countries. Yeah. It's being like, I think Colombia just made abortion legal. So (laughs) they're a little bit more Catholic than we are. Yeah, I was going to say Ireland. Yeah, Yeah. there's some more Catholic countries. 
Yeah, so it's terrifying. And a number of the justices who are making this happen are Catholic identifying, right? Who else other than than our handmaid? (laughs) I know it's not Clarence Thomas. Hang on, I just had a good chart. and I love a chart. Amy Coney Barrett, which we all knew. Kavanaugh, also Catholic. Oh, pretty Irish, okay. Sotomayor is Catholic, but we like her. Well, I knew her that. Okay, um, I think I yeah. That. Alito, also Catholic. Clarence uh, Thomas, Catholic. and No, Robert, he's not. And John Roberts, Catholic. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's a bunch of Catholics doing this. I just assume because his wife seems very evangelical. Okay. That's a prejudice on my part about evangelicals. Okay. Just saving my... <laughs> yeah, so this is a bunch of Catholics doing this. This is terrifying. And it made me think about and also wonder for you, Steph. I feel like the conversation about abortion is so loud right now politically. And that makes yeah. it so loud in the Catholic Church as well. Right. And so I am curious and I was kind of thinking for myself, like... Was abortion talked about when you were growing up Catholic? And if so, how and when? And like, what do you remember? What messages do you remember getting about abortion? I have no recollection of this ever being brought up in any of my CCD classes. Mm -hmm. I think 45 minutes once a week was not enough time to get there. By the time we like memorized the Nicene Creed, they're like, nailed it. Gotta go. Bye. Colored a picture of the Virgin Mary crying at the cross. And then, yeah, gotta go. This is what a rosary is. Um, So I don't remember that. Catholic school, I've mentioned this before. Our well-designed curriculum in Orlando, Florida, did not even... attempt to teach sex ed until our senior year which is way too late to teach anybody it's and real late multiple people got pregnant by then so good job great real useful and then i mean okay so i graduated in 98 it was i don't know that it was quite what it is now in terms of republican fervor yeah it was Sort of presented as a given, not really an argument that yeah. you just wouldn't have an abortion. There was no indoctrination about it, as I think there would be. Like, I know my husband, who's five years younger than me, and he went to a Catholic school for his elementary education. He told me about a time they all went on a field trip to D.C., and he was so excited about this field trip to D.C., and he didn't realize until, like, later that he was being taken to, like, a pro-life rally. I don't even think he realized at the time I could be getting that story wrong. He was just like, I want to go to the museums. Yeah. So it wasn't really presented. It was just, again, this is where we take the children on a field trip. Right. So that's normal. So I know that I was given the message that murder is wrong. As we all should be given that message. (laughs) I know at some point I absorbed the message that abortion is murder But I also, and this could be my mother's doing because she was very vocal about women's rights Mm -hmm. and a product of like 1970s feminism. Yeah. That I also knew that there were like personal choices and not, I never really, I don't feel like I ever got the full message that there was like no exceptions or, so I think it was always presented to me as like, it's not the best option. We'd like no one to do it, but I mean, 
but then I the I've talked about again about this other moment where this was during the early Trump years, late Obama years. I can't remember exactly that there was a we went to a church a, a Christmas mass when the priest decided let's um, make a list of everyone that's going to hell. Oh yes, and uh, people who've had an abortion are were on that list, and I feel like that for me was a key turning point in what I thought the the messaging I was receiving from the the church was even though I wasn't even going regularly yeah I feel like I firmly was given the message that like there are exceptions like it was wrong but there are exceptions yeah like rape and incest which I think is in line with like I would say the majority of Americans views on this from what I can read in the polls like yeah that there's somewhere in between from so like I feel like that's what I was given I don't know how how was it like growing up in a Catholic school where you taught this stuff earlier yeah so no I actually I think I kind of just missed it I think like I said I don't feel like it was talked about a lot I don't even know when I really learned that abortion was a thing the first time I really remember it being explicitly discussed is we had this thing in seventh grade I believe where we had to go individually take it felt like a standardized test but they told us that we were not getting a grade and that it was anonymous like they would know how Mm. the whole class scored but they like they wouldn't have like your name in particular so we had had to go like go into this room and take this test like fill out bubbles and the questions were all about your beliefs as a catholic personally so it was like there were things like you believe jesus is the son of god and do you believe like the eucharist is really jesus and all this stuff catholic and apostolic church yeah it was like all these questions and i mean what i imagine it was was some kind of like formative assessment that the archdiocese was doing maybe that like the whole u.s catholic church was doing i don't know so and it was like to see like what the kids in your catholic school believe i guess yeah they had us do this weird thing we had to like fill out what we believe and they were like oh 56 percent of kids said that they believe that jesus is the son of god or whatever so it was anonymous, but then I remember a teacher standing and being like, here were our like class results oh. and being like, most of you believe Jesus is the son of God or whatever. And then she was like, I'm so disappointed because oh. like less than half of you believe that abortion is wrong. How, wait, how old were you at this one? Like 12. Oh. And that other than maybe we, that may, it might've been the same year we had like an hour of sex ed. That was like our whole, the whole of entirety. <laughs> Covered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was like when they separated the boys and girls and told us about sex we had something else called like family life but they did i don't know what the heck they talked about because they had that that hour was like we're gonna tell you what sex is and Mm -hmm. so i think abortion might have been covered in that i'm not sure anyway so she said that and she was really disappointed and so i remember i had written that i didn't think there's anything wrong with abortion i don't feel like anyone had explicitly talked to me about it and i feel this Mm -hmm. way about i was so this i'll come back to this but like there were some what I now see as kind of moral questions that I don't feel like people really talk to me about explicitly, but I had just come to these conclusions. Like there was definitely a racism problem where I grew up, but like I felt very strongly that racism was problematic as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like it just, Mm -hmm. and the same thing with gay marriage. I don't feel like people talked to me very much about what it even meant to be gay or like ever adults anyway. And, but I always was like, why, like, I don't see why people can't marry someone the same. Like, that never made, like, it just, both you know, with each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was always just like, I don't see. And with, I think, with a lack of anyone telling me, like, boys shouldn't marry boys or like something explicitly racist, like, just it was in the air. But I was always like, I don't see what's wrong with being gay. Like, racism is really messed up. 
And similarly, I was like, I don't see what's wrong with abortion. Like, it just made sense logically to me that like, well, it's growing inside the woman, but like, it's not a baby. Like, it's not a baby. Like, it's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a person yet. So it's not like it just, I hadn't given it much thought, but in my head, it, that was sort of my just first, that's where I went you know Mm -hmm. and so this teacher was like shaming us and I really prided myself on being like a very moral person and so I remember feeling like oh no like did I have the wrong answer because I like actually thought it was fine did you immediately think like I'm bad yeah I was like I must be bad or I must be wrong and this is another interesting thing is like I remember this kid who was getting who got in trouble all the time in general Mm -hmm. was not someone it was a real troublemaker kid this boy now I'm like, I think he had ADHD or something. Like, I think there was probably, like, he didn't have the tools he needed. But anyway, he mm-hmm. was constantly getting in trouble. But he was, like, gasped that people thought abortion was okay. And instead of feeling like, huh, I shouldn't align my morals with this kid, I was like, man, if he thinks abortion is wrong and I don't, like, what's wrong with me? Like, he's mm. he's always getting in trouble. I'm, like, the good kid. So if he you thinks it's wrong, good kid. like, I should definitely think it's wrong. So I was like, what's wrong with me? You should be the best little a Catholic Irish girl there is. Exactly. Like I was all about following the rules. So I was like, oh no, I must be wrong. So I don't think that completely swayed me in like it's wrong all the time, but I was just kind of like, huh, am I like, I guess I was wrong on this. I'm not supposed to think abortion is okay. And again, it wasn't talked about much after that. Like this was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed. Apparently a lot of my classmates were in the similar position of thinking it was fine because- The teacher was disappointed in enough of you. Because she was disappointed that so many of us thought it was okay. Um, So I guess, I think they probably, it was similar. Like no one had said much to us about it. And we all just like came to that conclusion. Like, yeah, seems okay. seems like, you know, woman doesn't want to be pregnant anymore. Shouldn't have to be. Uh Uh-huh. So once I got to high school, again, I think it was probably mentioned during, we had, at least they had our don't have sex, sex ed during freshman year. <laughs> oh, you got it again. In our theology class. So I'm sure yes. they they covered birth control, bad. Condoms, bad. Abortion, bad. It was just that like- That never good. They were all kind of the same though. They were all kind of seen yeah. as like, it's it was sort of put in line with all with birth control of why they're all equally bad. So- Again, I think I thought like, oh, maybe there should be some limits on this thing, but I I didn't think much about it. I didn't I don't think I knew much about it. They didn't really explain much about like sex and making babies, so you're all right. I was like working with limited information as it was. Yeah. Even understanding the context of this conversation. I remember in high school there was a history class, I think, where somehow it came up, abortion, and students were debating each other. And that was my very progressive history teacher who I will always love because she opened my world up in a lot of Aww. useful ways. And I remember realizing that she probably was pro-choice and not allowed to say it. Just from like the look on her face, sure. she was not giving an opinion, but she was like very much allowing the debate to happen and almost kind of, I remember, looked a little relieved when somebody was like, I think it's really dangerous for the government to tell women what to do with their bodies. And like, she mm-hmm. kind of looked like, okay, good, someone's saying that because like, I'm not allowed to. And I think I mentioned when I was, I was going to be a Kairos leader for this retreat and my teacher telling me like privately that in my talk, I could not talk about having an abortion. And at that mm. point I was like, like, oh shit, like are girls at this school having abortions? Like we're not talking about it. Yeah. It had not occurred to me that that right. might be hap- that even that was even like within the realm of possibility. Like, oh my God, like, no, like I'm not even having sex, let alone like having right? abortion. Like, no, 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 don't worry about me. <laughs> How are people experiencing so much? (laughs) What is happening? Yeah. So I feel like it wasn't until college. So in college, my freshman year, I went to a 
Catholic University technically, and then I transferred my sophomore year. So uh-huh. at the Catholic University, there was a philosophy class where one of our assignments, there was like a big, like multi-class assignment. We were supposed to all take positions on abortion oh. and present our philosophical, like use f- philosophical theory to explain our position. So I was like, oh no, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, and I sort of put myself somewhere, there was like a line of people and I put myself somewhere in the middle. I was like, I don't, like, I don't know. So I'm just curious because of my experience as well. Like no matter what you felt personally, saying it out loud, did it still feel like, like there was still shame and something bad about saying, I actually believe people should have this choice. Yes, I think I had not really up until then heard people say like abortion should be, totally legal full stop it was either not talked about or was talked about in like a little bit shamey way right so I hadn't heard that so it didn't feel like yeah I think you're right Right. like it didn't feel like I could say that so I was somewhere somewhere in between and I will be honest what happened was I was kind of dating a guy in the class and he was like well I think legally like the father should have some say and at the time I was like oh so in the moment Uh I was like I've never thought about that like you might be right so I was like on his team. I also think it was like a way for us to work together on the project. Sure. Also, at that age, you're still figuring out what you believe. It's fine to. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe. I feel like I did like two minutes of thinking and Googling to be like, oh, I don't believe this at all. Like, this is so problematic. Yeah. What if he's abusive? What if like, even if he's not, like, it doesn't matter. Like right. the woman's the one carrying it. So I emailed my professor and was like, I've changed my position. Can I present on that and he was like yeah that would be great and he was very supportive of that cool I remember getting irritated because this guy I was dating at the time was like oh okay so we've changed our position and I was like "Ooh, well I've changed my position like have I don't know if you have like I'm gonna present on my and he was like well it sounds like you're right so like I we should just say we changed our position and I'm like oh I I don't know I mean I guess it's nice that I feel like he just was he almost thought there was like a right answer he was trying to get the right answer. he was like also a product of Catholic school but abroad (laughs) and I feel like he thought there was like a right answer where I was like no I'm not like this is this is how philosophy works it's like a debate like if you if you agree with me so he like came along with me but was almost irritated that I said this was like my he was like but like we figured it out I was like no 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 I figured it out if you Mm. agree with me that's great anyway so I remember that and then when I transferred to Northwestern I joined like a feminist group on campus because I was like oh I do that I'm a feminist and that was Uh from totally from high school that I got this idea that I was a feminist and they were like in their explanation their like description of who the group was it was like we defend a woman's right to choose and I was like I didn't know that you could just like say that like again it was like that was always quiet for me exactly so I feel like it took me a couple years to really not feel shame or like I think I felt that way like there's nothing wrong with abortion but I felt shame in saying it for like a couple Mm -hmm. years I would say I in thinking about this stuff I think I came to a realization oh tell so going back to these things that we I think, have a, like a natural moral compass about. We do an examination of conscience, as I was taught to do in the Catholic Church, right? It's like, mm-hmm. really, like, look at your... I took that very seriously, I think. was like, I'm supposed to do what I feel is morally right. So I'm thinking about these issues, like, that no one... People were not talking about enough explicitly, but I was trying to figure out, like I said, like, gay marriage, like, just, like, being gay, and, mm-hmm. like, racism, and abortion. I was like, why did I, like, let my position be swayed on abortion? And these other two, I was like pretty steadfast Mm -hmm. and would really like, I would get in arguments with kids in my school about those things. Yeah. I think it is because abortion 
there was a message that abortion was about me. Oh. So when I'm talking about gay marriage or I'm talking about racism, I'm defending somebody else's rights. And that's, I, I understand that feeling. Yeah, I can stand up for somebody else, but I can't stand up for myself. In that moment where my teacher was like, oh, some of you think abortion is okay. It was like, I had the audacity to stand up for my own bodily rights. And how dare you? Then I should feel shame about that. Interesting. Subconsciously, it was like, yeah, if I had sex and got pregnant, that's my responsibility. Like, how dare I try to wheedle out of that? Mm-hmm. And so it was about me. Right. And I think like any messages I did get about abortion, it was about women. It was about me. It was about it was all tied up in like shame around sex and women. Right. So honestly, that I think in college when I finally turned the leaf where I was like, oh, you know what? Like I am pro choice 100 percent. And I can say that. Mm-hmm. I remember I don't know if there was something going on, if it was like I've been talking about abortion on campus, like the week, like a abortion awareness kind of week or something. I remember thinking of like not myself, but like of my friend, of my close friends, mm-hmm. like the girls I had gone to Catholic school with, who I was still close with, and I was like, if one of them got pregnant, should they have someone else tell them whether or not they are like allowed to, you know, end that pregnancy? And I was like, no, like absolutely not. No one else should be able to tell them. Like it, that was a no brainer to me. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh. Okay. (laughs) And this was, again, before I was even thinking about systemic things. I wasn't thinking about poverty. I wasn't thinking about abusive relationships. I wasn't thinking about life-saving abortions, anything like that. I wasn't thinking about the cost Mm -hmm. of having a a child with, you know, the lack of healthcare or anything. I was just like, oh, if if I think about a woman who's not me, then it's the the answer is very clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I was going back and forth about whether or not to share this. But there was a time, again, there's no need to explain this or give caveats, but it was a situation where like I was in my mid thirties and I was like in between housing because I was touring. So like I didn't really have a place to live. I was dating somebody who was an addict and had substance abuse issues, but who really, really, really made me laugh, um, which is why I was attracted to him. Someone I was touring with, which happens when you're an actor, and substance abuse issues and hooking up. Those are two things that happen. Both of those happen when people are touring. Uh And there was a moment that led me to need to take a plan B pill. And I thought I was so sure of things until that moment. Mm. (laughs) Not that I wasn't sure. I don't think I realized how like wrecked I was in my mind <laughs> about myself. Like, again, took the pill. He disappeared, was not there for me. Like all these signs, like this was not a good time or place to be doing any of these things. But the immediate hatred I felt towards myself. Mm. I was like, whoa, whoa. I don't even know if I am doing anything at this moment. Right. There is no proof that I'm doing anything. And now, especially having gone through some fertility treatments, like I know there's very little that I like could have done even in that moment, like just so pre anything actually happening in my body. But I wrestled for like months afterwards with how badly I felt about myself. And I was like, again, like rationally, and if it was just somebody else, I was like, I know exactly what I would say. I, yeah. But like, I was like, oh, gosh, you all got in there. You were like deep buried in my brain. And I just unlocked you. And I was like, I didn't even know you were there. 
And it was, it was, it was really hard. I was like, where is my forgiveness? Where is like the grace? Where is any of this? Where is the logic? Like, again, I think it's just like, so there's some moments being raised Catholic where like you think you've moved through it and it just like hits you so hard in the face. Oh, I'm sorry that you went through that. Yeah. And I, you know, everyone's like sharing so much on social media and I just haven't been able to engage with any of this on social media right now for a lot of reasons, but um, I'm very happy with, I mean, it's nice to see so many people who are doing it and I'm grateful for all of the resources people are putting out there. It does feel very preaching to the choir though, but I, I was like, do I share this? Do I not share blah, blah, like going back and forth. Cause I still was like, do I want to put this out there? Do I want to like yeah. talk to my family about it? Like <laughs> even just plan B, right. Which yeah, just feels like in some ways, it's like extra birth control. It's just extra birth control. And again, but a lot of women, I think for a lot of Catholic, I'm, I know this, for a lot of Catholic women, even the birth control thing is, feels right? complicated. And I've never questioned birth control ever. Yeah. Not for a second. Not for, that doesn't even make me feel anything. So it's like this, this started the bridge into abortion territory. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so again, like I couldn't go back to you and name a moment where I was taught these things. It just got in there. It's just there. Yeah. I know after I like left the Catholic schools I was in, abortion much, was much more of a conversation. The girls' high school I went to now has a – I mean, I have a, a friend whose sister is a couple years younger than us, and there was a pro-life club in the school when she was there, and that was not there when I was there. And also, I remember hearing from somebody that a teacher at my grammar school was telling during one of the elections – I can't even remember which one – told a class of children that their parents should not vote for Democrats because Democrats kill babies. Oh, Yeah. I know that a couple homilies of people I know have heard that. That's horrifying. Mm -hmm. That is an awful thing (laughs) to tell children and sort of preying on their lack of even understanding. And if someone had told me that as a child, I would have believed them. Yeah, because you're taught to believe adults. I mean, as a child, you have to believe adults because otherwise your world doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. then I mean, that is the whole thing with like abusive, emotionally abusive, even adults is like you have power as an adult and children mm-hmm. have to rely on you and I think the thing you're saying it getting in your head I mean that's the thing we so many of these movements you know I think we have this myth whether we're talking about like women's bodily autonomy or whether we're talking about anti-racism or homophobia or anything it's not like we have this myth of like women are standing and they know they know that they're supposed to be autonomous over their body and we just have to fight right but it's not that because actually we do have self-doubt because we've been taught we've been told over and over again to feel shame and doubt Mm -hmm. and like I said I was only thinking about it for this podcast I was like I think that was it that's why I was afraid to say I supported abortion because how dare I stand up for my own rights I could stand up for someone else's rights but if it at all is something that could impact me one day I should feel shame around that. I'm asking too much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think certainly going through fertility stuff, becoming pregnant, having kids has only reinforced my like pro-choice stance Mm -hmm. because physically I recognize the toll that pregnancy takes. Yeah. I recognize what parenthood involves of my life, of my relationship with my co-parents. And if that was a toxic person that I was trying to co-parent with, what that would be like being tied to someone who abusive or Mm -hmm. you know any of these things not to mention someone who you know in a sexual assault situation seeing how little support there is for 
families whose kids have health issues, just in general, the cost of things for even my healthy kids, let alone kids with serious health issues and just like how little support there is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only made me more more pro-choice. Right, this pregnancy we're having is like so planned, so wanted, and I'm so grateful for the fact that I'm able to have that. Everything about this has been our choice. I really can't imagine. I try, and I've got a pretty vivid imagination what it must be like to have to carry a baby you are not wanting or are unable to care for or whatever it is that is going on with you. Like, that must be so terrifying. I mean, I'm already, like, with depression and fit the, what happens to your body. Like, and when it's your choice, it's hard. <laughs> right? When it's wanted, it's hard. And it physically, it's hard, too, and emotionally. I mean, all those things. And, and it's dangerous. Like, pregnancy is dangerous. It is. Especially in America. Yeah. Especially for women of color. Yeah. If you look at statistics. I think also, like, I'm at the point in my life where I have, first of all, we all know people and love people who've had abortions. All of us. We, yeah. we might know or not know that they have had abortions. Right. But a third of women in the U.S. And of those women, 60% have already had at least one child. So we're not talking about, I think there's such a myth that I think I was given growing up in Catholic school. It's like, oh, it's like a teenage girl who accidentally gets pregnant. Who was like probably pretty financially okay with her family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is just unmarried. I mean, that was like the narrative you're given, right? I have women I love in my life whose lives have been saved, who had to have pregnancies ended that they wanted pregnancies that they had to end because they would have died. Yeah. And so just the idea that there has to be any extra legal, I mean, there's already states where women in that situation have to be read and shown all these anti-choice things for pregnancy. Like that now they might be sent to jail. Yeah. Or that you'd have to have any kind of legal stuff involved in like literally saving your life that, that a doctor would have to say, am I allowed to save your life right now? And the fact that if you are Catholic, let's say, I can't speak for the other religions right now, but the fact that you might be shunned or judged by your church instead of treated with love and yeah. care. For for saving your own life. And I just feel like saving your life. I just want to put an asterisk right. next to it. Being like, able I feel to like provide it, for your family. It's not always it could mean- because you will die physically in the like it could be your lifestyle it could be being able to be there for your other children it could they're saving your life could mean a lot of things and being able to have a life that you want i mean women i guess people who have abortions go on to have other sometimes they already have kids sometimes they don't and they go on to have the life they want find a partner that they want and have the families they want right (laughs) i feel like there'll be these statistics around like can you imagine first of all Can you imagine the number of people who aren't here because of abortion? It's like, well, no, because a lot of people went and had kids who would not have been able to have kids if they had had a child as a teenager. They were, you know, if they had an abortion when they were younger, they're actually able Mm -hmm. to go get their degree and buy a house and get married and have a kid. And those, those wonderful, stable families and amazing people are walking this earth because abortion allowed people to, to live their lives, right? And have Mm -hmm. the plan, the family they wanted. But in the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why a person has an abortion. Nope. Not your business. And man, I think it all comes back to Catholicism has such a fear of women's sexuality in general. <laughs> like the idea that in order to be the most important person in the church, you have to be a man who is not having sex with a woman. Right. You have to be as far away from a woman's sexuality as humanly possible. Like there is such a fear of women and sex and that is just 
bizarre and beyond anything tangible and just is this right. bigger, greater thing. On some level, that also makes me feel kind of powerful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a woman who has sex. I am terrifying to right. you. That oh. is awesome. <laughs> I think, beware of me. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes things that were told are bad for me, at least growing up, like feel very powerful until you actually are in it. And then you're like, oh, oh, right. Like alcohol felt that way. I didn't drink for a long time. And then I did finally drink and I was like, oh, I can just like sip a wine cooler. I'm not like drunk on the floor. Like things are like alcohol is like drunkenness, right? Right. Sex is like, I mean, people can go have all the sex they want, right? But like sex is seen as like, oh my gosh, you're just like having sex with everyone and you have all these diseases and you're pregnant all the time. And it's like, that's not actually how sex works. Not how this works. But fear, it's fear culture or teaching you through after school special fear yeah, so I don't know if it's just that priests, because the people making these decisions have literally nothing to do with women's sexuality, that they are like terrified of it. What you don't know is the scariest right. it's stuff, just the right? scariest thing in the world. But I guess it doesn't totally hold water for other religions because there are well, certainly true. some of the men having making these decisions and women, um, mm-hmm. you know, are Still married to women. Making things crazy for people. Okay, so do you remember... I couldn't find this, but I, like, remember this. When Francis first became Pope, I feel like it was really early, that he, like, said something about how, yeah, he was like, yeah, abortion's wrong, but we have to worry about everything else first. Something about being a single-issue Catholic or something. He was just like, abortion should be at the bottom of the list of things we're trying to solve or something. I don't remember that exactly. I do feel like we had covered, we covered something on an earlier episode about him saying something on a plane. He was talking to a bunch of reporters and he said something about treating it pastorally instead of legally. Right. I mean, again, I don't believe with his bottom line statement about abortion, but politically, if this were about babies and we'd have universal health care and universal mental health care and universal preschool and blah, blah, like if that were actually. Truly, that actually lowers abortion rates like actually truly so truly truly so that's obviously not what the issue is here but if we could i don't know accept migrants or like take care of the babies that are here if we could work on poverty and close the wealth like there are so many things that would take that would minimize that are actually pro-life right i've heard pro-choice people take issue with the term pro-choice because they're saying it like we don't want to talk about abortion but right I do feel like I'm pro-choice because I actually think that people should should be able to, within just normal reason, be able to have the families they want to have. And I know lots of people. I mean, honestly, maybe myself included, like your life circumstance dictate the family that mm-hmm. you have, you know, how many kids you can have, right? right. It's expensive to have kids <laughs> and people don't oh. have kids because they can't afford the lifestyle of having one kid or several kids because they can't afford IVF, which again, the Catholic church is against. Like, I think all these things should be like, I'm actually pro-choice in that. Like, I think if you want to have more kids, like you should have access to the things like universal healthcare. So that like allows you to do that. Right. Right. No one should be in a position where they're thinking, well, I'd love to have a, I'd love to have kids, but I don't think I can afford it. Or I'd love to have a bigger family, but healthcare, right? Like Mm -hmm. those basic things. I'm not saying everyone should be able to live in a 10 bedroom house, but like everyone should have, should feel like I can have uh, the family I want and we're going to have access to like healthcare and basic mm-hmm. things. So to me that feels it's like all the choices. Like I just think people should have more choice. And mm-hmm. I would like to have an expert on at some point but I just did some quick searching around for the Catholic Church's stance on abortion like historically. Great. 
So I will just give it to you in a couple bullet points. In the 1500s, Pope Sixtus V, which is a funny kind of name. Sixtus the Fifth. Uh, yeah. It's, that's awesome. Okay. He issued a papal bull. I'll be honest. I don't know what that is, but it's called a bull. Oh. Do you know? Yeah. No, I well, A, it comes up in my crossword puzzles all the time. <laughs> I love your crossword puzzles and how they like, figure it out. I think it's podcast. just like a, it's like doc, a doctrine or a piece of okay. paper, right? Yeah. So it, he was apparently just like a really kind of mean guy in general. Oh, Sixtus. I know, right? He declared that abortion at any stage of pregnancy was homicide and the punishment was excommunication. That could only be lifted by traveling to Rome and begging for forgiveness, which like I've never heard something more Catholic, honestly. Make a pilgrimage to Rome and kneel before me. But that only lasted three years. Oh. And it sounds like it wasn't even really enforced. And then in 1591, Pope Gregory Fourteenth reversed the decision. And he said that abortion is only homicide if it takes place after insolment. When is insolment? I guess that's when the soul shows up. Is that viability? I'll tell you. According to Pope Gregory, it was 166 days into pregnancy, over halfway through the second trimester. Now we know. Insolment. That's when the soul shows up. Huh. Okay. Insolment. And that lasted for 278 years. That's what the Catholic Church thought. Wait, okay, wait. Tell me again so I can make sure I heard that. Gregory the Fourteenth was when? 1591. This is a long time ago. Okay. All right, Gregory. Insolment. 166 days into pregnancy. I know. Got it. Uh, and then Pope Pius Ninth reversed that decision in 1869. And made abortion after conception a sin that automatically excommunicated those involved in its procurement from the Catholic Church. So mm. anyone involved was automatically excommunicated. Got it. It's all a yo-yoing back and forth here. I guess there are nine sins that have automatic excommunication. So I guess if you want to get out of the Catholic Church, this is how. Is one of them become a female priest? I guess. Well, I should I should look it up right now. Um, it says, this has the same level of sinfulness as punching the Pope, which I didn't know that was a, hold on. Was that, I think Nine when we went over Popes, we talked about that one that was like punching other people. I didn't know. You punch a Pope, you're out. You're not allowed to punch back. It's like none. You're not allowed to hit him back. Oh my goodness. Can't punch a Pope. In addition to abortion, there's eight other sins. I didn't know that. Oh, I guess if you've had an abortion, you're excommunicated. You gotta be involved. Listen, if you want to get excommunicated, drive somebody to their abortion. Go volunteer at an abortion clinic. You'll you're out of the Catholic Church. If you're looking for your way out, I found your way out. You got out. Okay. Apostasy. That's the total repudiation of the Christian faith. These sound too easy. Heresy, which is the obstinate doubt or denial after baptism of a defined Catholic doctrine. I feel like That's I'm me. out already, Steph. I, I feel like we're out. I'm a heretic. Schism. I love that word. Which is the refusal of submission to the Roman pontiff or the refusal to be in communion with members of the church or who are in communion with him. I'm, I feel like I'm out. We're definitely out. Violation of the sacred species. Uh, throwing away communion. <gasps> or using them for a sacrilegious purpose. I wouldn't do that. Wait, is a communion a species? Sacred species. That means Christ's body or blood. This language. It's like a flag. You can't let it touch the ground, right? Physically attacking the Pope. It's in there. Well, I mean. Violation of the seal of confession. What, you go tell people about it? Tell people about your confession. I feel like that's on the priest, really, right? Because you wouldn't go telling people what you confessed. I know, right. So I feel like maybe the priest would be. And then and then abortion. All right. Now we know. That's how you get out. I schizzed all over the place. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, 
congratulations everyone who's been trying ah. to get out of here our question from the first episode how do you leave the catholic church we figured it out you're welcome <laughs> all the more reason to go donate to an abortion fund after this that might even count i love how like there's so many other like i guess probably papal bulls or other things where they just like talk and talk and talk and it's so hard to follow what you're saying and this one is like eight eight quick ways out <laughs> it's like a, it's like a buzzfeed list <laughs> Oh my gosh, if I had the, the skills to in graphic design to make this a BuzzFeed type thing. If anyone else is out there and knows how to do that, please please, please do. do. You know you're excommunicated if. So in 1869, it was made a sin that automatically excommunicates you. I actually didn't know that until I was doing this research. But, so here's the thing. Now, people on the other side, including the Catholics for Choice folks, very interested in their work. Even though Catholicism is a religion with strict hierarchy, there is a deep respect. I mean, there's just so much written in the Catholic Church. There's so much doctrine. It's like you can. It's like the Bible. You can find anything you want. There's this big focus on examining your own conscience. This idea of the primacy of conscience, and this is from the Catechism. It says a human being must always obey the certain judgment of his conscience. So, see, this is the stuff I think I was at some point I really took to heart as a kid. Like you are your own moral compass. Yeah, ultimately, because. The church has done some really messed up stuff. So I think the question of like, but what about the Crusades, et cetera? It's like, well, ultimately, your conscience is the most important thing. That would be great if that's what we led with. You know. Well, apparently Pope Francis was was accused of heresy, which would excommunicate (gasps) him, right? For valuing individual conscience. And he said the primacy of conscience must always be respected. And people didn't like that, even though it's in the doctrine. But that takes away so much power for some men. It really don't does. Like they don't like that. According to a Pew Research survey in 2019, 56% of Catholics, and so I guess this is self-identifying Catholics, so who knows, okay. said abortion should be legal in all or most cases. While about 4 in 10, about 42% said it should be illegal in all or most cases. So that's a pretty, it's a split, but more Catholics in the U.S. are supportive of abortion. <sighs> Probably because it affects so many people. And so many people, yes. even if they don't talk about it, have had no of instances in their family where abortion was so necessary or they've experienced it themselves. Mm-hmm. It's the whole not talking about it thing that makes ev- that everyone else think, oh, well, it's not happening to us. It's happening to whoever them are and we can judge them. Yeah. I mean, I think like looking at Father Jim Martin, I mean, I think what's happening like with LGBTQ Q stuff is people, gay people have always been around, queer people have always been around, trans people have always been around, and people are starting to realize that. It's starting to become more talked about and more open, and then people are like, oh yeah, right, actually my, like, where it used to be like my family member who I don't talk about, or who just doesn't right. come to holidays with their partner or whatever, now it's like, oh yeah, no, these are people I love, they're in my family, and I, how here. can I, I can't dehumanize these people in my brain anymore, because I love them. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, you're right. We're so quiet about abortion oftentimes. I think so many people who are anti-abortion, like, actually probably have had abortions themselves or know someone who has. Mm-hmm. Man, how many of these men who are making these laws have been involved in making ensuring that a mistress or a daughter or even their wife or who knows, like, had an abortion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary. It's a scary time right now. It is. And the floodgates that are now open, <laughs> it's um, – yeah, because no, it's not – it's this, it is birth control because they're, I think, was it Alabama? One of their trigger laws is like, yeah, 
including something about birth control. I can't remember. That, don't quote me on this one. But there, it's coming. The next step is coming. And then, I don't know, gay marriage. Because they're saying, like, everything that's not remarked upon in the Constitution, which is a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know, Facebook. Not in the Constitution. So... It feels like the flashbacks in Handmaid's Tale. It really does in like a deeply disturbing way. I don't know if you watched The Handmaid's Tale or read. I, I read the book in high read school. Read the book. Okay. I saw Have the you first watched season. the? Oh. It's an intense one. I watched it while I was pregnant and then like had an Ooh. infant like in the middle of the night because I'm a crazy Ooh. person. I don't know. Ooh. I couldn't stop. I've always been Margaret Atwood and anything she's amazing created from her work. I've just been a sucker for and um margaret atwood has said she rarely writes anything that hasn't actually happened to Mm -hmm. someone somewhere and certainly this is not the first time that this has happened where women's rights were um no and especially i mean if you historically like women of color have been the the biggest victims of not right their rights to their bodies being taken from them but yeah in the flashbacks they sort of show like when this was happening and it's things like she has to have her husband sign a paper when to get her birth control that like is Mm -hmm. part of the story of that show and then yeah there's the plot line about gay marriage is no longer being recognized and it feels really scary because it feels like these are some of the things that we're seeing Mm -hmm. or that are starting to be like you said those floodgates are being opened i heard this on another podcast podcastception we love it you know pod save the people i haven't listened to it i couldn't really do pod save america there's too many yeah. men on there there are <laughs> just couldn't do it you're doing good stuff but no but pod save the people is um black led and it talks a lot about news that we don't hear elsewhere he always asks people in these moments especially like you know in the midst of like Black Lives Matter and stuff. He, he has people come on. He asks, "What what's giving you hope right now? Wants to end the conversation or make sure that's part of a conversation that's often very depressing. So I'm going to steal that and ask you, Anne, in these moments, where are you finding hope? If you're finding any hope. That's a really good question. I feel like that came up for me recently in some other work I'm doing. This idea of, of needing to find the hope. I think the reaction to this and the fact that we know that most Americans want to keep abortions legal. I've heard a lot of noise and a lot of activism from people who are otherwise I don't hear a lot from mm-hmm. on this issue, which means we need to step up on all issues, right? Mm-hmm. We need to be doing this when it's we're talking about black and brown folks and when we're talking about, um, you know, and things that don't involve white women. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I've heard a lot of outcry and there are a lot of people doing amazing work i mean there's just a lot of people getting to action getting people elected who are going to codify you know roe v wade into law like that's really what needs to happen and also all these underground kind of networks ensuring that women have access to abortion Mm -hmm. regardless so that is what is giving me hope right now is all the people the people power working what about you what's giving you hope I feel like as you went going through the history of abortion and Catholic doctrine or whatever, I was reminded that it always feels like there's pendulum swingings. Yeah. And this feels like being pulled back really far. And I'm hoping that that means it's about to be released in the other direction. Yeah. That might be very foolish. No, I'm with you. Feels so extreme. In general... 
for those of you <laughs> who are living in other countries, um, I don't know how it is there. It does seem like this is happening internationally, but in general, it feels like a, it's everything's very taut right now. Um, and there's a lot of vitriol and more so than I, I don't know if I've ever experienced this before myself, but it just feels like there, there's got to be a breaking point. We aren't in a Margaret Atwood novel ultimately. And hopefully that, I mean, that means the story isn't fully written yet. And that's what I've, that's where I got to place this. And I am, like you're saying, hearing from so many people who cousins of mine, I didn't know where they stood. I'm like seeing where they stand down. Yeah. And I think the, like you were saying, the majority of people and the majority of Catholics don't agree with this. And when all these voices are collected, I don't just don't see how it all can stand when that's the case. So I guess, you know, you don't know everyone else's story out there. Treat everyone else with love and speak up. Because the more we are talking about this, the less secret and shameful it is. Yep. That's yep. my message. <laughs> I like that message. I, su- <laughs> I, I support this message. <laughs> so... For a special collection, Planned Parenthood, we've talked about Planned Parenthood many times and we want to continue to encourage you to yeah. uh, support Planned Parenthood. They are doing work in terms of like boots on the ground, just mm-hmm. getting women health care, but also um, legislation type stuff. Um, the National Network of Abortion Funds, which is at abortionfunds.org. And that's sort of a big pot where they're giving to lots of different abortion funds. Um, and you can get closer to your local ones there, which might be... Even yes, you can effective. search by state, um, especially for states that, you know, if Roe v. Wade were to be overturned, there are states that have trigger laws that would make yeah. abortion um, illegal. There are some states where it will remain very legal. So looking for at those Abortion's states. going to happen in all of those states, though, yeah. regardless, because it just right. is. Regardless of legality. Uh, and then... I was looking at catholicsforchoice.org and they seems like they're doing a lot of work sort of legally as well to ensure that abortion stays legal and available. And if you are still a practicing Catholic and conflicted about all this, I think Catholics for Choice is a great place to start reading and again, looking for information. Yeah, they're an amazing resource. They seem like a great organization, particularly, yeah, like if you are still consider yourself a practicing Catholic and or are looking for resources to send to family members or anything like that. They're a great place to go. So do recommend them. All right. <sighs> well, Steph, we did it. <laughs> we got through that episode. Now that I know my dad listens, this has been interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, Hi, all everybody. listeners, make sure you're following us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We love to connect with you there. We love hearing from you. We do. We do. We do. And uh, Rate, review, share, share stories. And uh, I have friends who are continue to share some outrageously good memes. If you didn't see the one we posted recently about the girl gulping down the Catholic wine, oh, I one. watched it over and over again. Yeah. And I like peed my pants a little bit which is happens to me now because i'm in my third trimester so <laughs> so it's fine uh, it's fine um, yeah thanks to everyone who shares some great social media content with us we are always happy about that or mm-hmm. share your continue to share your stories with us we love hearing yep. them all right steph well i don't think there's anything else to say except <laughs> except <laughs> and also with you and also with you and 